Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Hopefully your week has gone well. We're going to dive once again into the subject called truth. You know, Jesus said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You know, I'll never forget when he walked through my cottage walls back in 2001 in person. He is stunning to look at. He's very, uh, very joyful. He's full of love and he is truth. You know, he is the son of God. He's the Passover lamb. He's risen from the dead. He looks great. Um, nothing uh, harmful about him. He's, he's all love and he just wants to help everybody he meets. That's Jesus. Um, but the thing that he came to, he, when he came to me, I was void of the complete message of Christ. I had a partial message of Christ about faith and, and hope and mercy and grace and all this. But I was very, uh, I had that strength, but my weakness was I didn't have the full message. I didn't know about the demonic kingdom. I didn't know about the consequence of sin. I didn't know about when I did sin, I, I allowed demons to come in to wreak havoc in my life. I didn't know that if I died in sin as a Christian, that I would enter into eternal fire. You know, I didn't realize that Jesus would say to me, like Matthew 7 says, depart from me. I never knew you. And I say, but Lord, I was a Christian. And he says, you're to obey me, Annie. You're to obey me, you know. And when you mess up, you say, I'm sorry, Lord. And he washes it and you just keep trucking down life with Jesus. You know, you do life with the Trinity on this earth. So I was alarmed, but I got in line and I began to read the whole Bible, you know, and it has set me free just as Jesus has said. So we all just need to come back to the word of God and begin to read it. That is commanded of us by Jesus. Okay. Um, if we don't, if we don't remain in the doctrine of Christ, we have not God that is written in, I believe it's second John. If we transgress and abide not in the doctrine of Christ, the word of God, we have not God. Jesus said, if I'm not able to wash you with the word of God, then you'll have no part with me. He told Peter, and that goes for all of us. See, we'll, we'll, we'll be void of the life that we're supposed to have with God on the earth. We'll just be temporary people that look at the temporary things of the earth and we want, we want, we want, and we grab, grab, grab all the temporary things and we have plenty of them. Our, our, our closets lined with beautiful clothes, our, our homes are, are designer perfect. We have so much but we're void of the real life. And so when our life ends on earth, as every life ends, we'll fly into hell. We'll split it wide open because we never took the time to know God or to obey God as second Thessalonians chapter one, verse seven through nine tell us. So let's not miss out on forever because we're only here for a season of time on the earth Earth is like a hotel to me. You know, we checked in on our birthday and the checkout date is the day we leave and nobody knows their checkout date. So we always want to live ready to leave 
meaning our life is clean before God. Okay. And, uh, to, to work the assignment that God has given us on the earth and to enjoy the life that God has given us. So Jesus talks about this life with him. You know, what is, what is it going to be like, Lord? He said, well, uh, in the book of Luke chapter nine, verse 23, he, he tells them what it's going to be like. And he said to them all, if any man or any person will come after me, let him deny himself. You know, denying yourself means you lose total uh, concern for your existence. You know, Christ is radical. He's a radical God. You know, he, he's a jealous God, Quana. He doesn't want to share you with all these other distractions. So he says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. Let him lose sight of his own life. So his life comes off the throne, right? And Jesus goes on the throne. And Jesus, you, you, we get to know Jesus because if we don't know God, then we've lost life on earth the way it was supposed to be and eternal life. John 17, 3, because this is eternal life that they would know God and his son, Jesus Christ. And so when we come to Jesus, we have to deny ourselves, And then we have to take up our cross daily. Our cross is our assignment under God. How many of you out there have said to the Lord, uh, Lord, show me what my kingdom assignment is here on the earth. How many? Well, so I didn't know we were supposed to do that. It's okay. I didn't either. But now you do know. And you say, well, I'm a doctor. I went to medical school all these years. And now you're saying that I need to maybe give up my, my career or I'm an actor or whatever you are. I'm just saying that you need to go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I read here that I have to deny myself and to take up my cross daily and follow you. And taking up my cross means I come to you and I get my work assignment. Now, your work assignment can have its beautiful days or it can have days where you just don't want to do it, you know? I mean, Jesus didn't want to hang on a cross. He said, if there's any other way I can get out of this, show it to me, let me know. And God's like, not really here, you know? You're all set up. I gave you a body to grow up in in the whole nine yards. And uh, no, there's no other way. And so Christ said, not my will, but yours be done, right? I mean, there's days that I love my work, that I do uh, my, my assignment. And there's there's different activities that I just, you know, they're not on my favorite list, okay? <laughs> they're the things that you push to the back and you do all the things that you enjoy. But these other things, some things you just don't enjoy, you know? But um, you do it anyway. And so God will, will tell you what your assignment is on the earth. Maybe you are a doctor and you were born to be a doctor. And God says, well, I, I like you being a doctor, but I want you to inform your patients about eternal life. You know, we have so many dying right now all around us. It is the year 2020 as I speak. And we have come upon a, a plague called the coronavirus. And this has been brought uh, by love, uh, God, to get our attention as a human race internationally, that we need to turn to him and turn from sin and read the Bible and do the Bible, and then God will heal our land and bring it back together. See, it's easy, you know. Instead of trying to find all the answers and fix it ourselves, when we could actually just go to God and get on our knees as the earth, 
because it's hit the United States, but it's hit every every nation to my knowledge. And uh, we need just need to get on our knees and say, Father, we have sinned as the human race. We have forsaken you. We have neglected you. We have left you. We have thrown our Bibles into the, the trash, and we have placed sin on the throne of our hearts. And now we're going to turn from that sin. We're going to throw the sin in the trash, and we're going to do what's right in your eyes. And we're asking you to forgive us. And I know that you will heal our land, and then we will continue to walk with you, or something worse will come upon us. Amen? And Second Chronicles 7.14 tells us, If my people, and he's looking upon his earth, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal the land. So that's the answer in the coronavirus. It's the answer in any plague or disaster. Amen? God is the healer. So we just uh, we want to get in line under God denying ourselves, getting our assignment, etc. And he may tell the doctor, you know, I love your I love the way that you're a doctor, but please make sure that you inform my people of the life after earth, you know? Prepare them for eternity. Ask them if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? You know? Would you like to be sure? And, and you just pray with people, and you can pray with me right now. Say, Father, I have sinned all my life. I have done things that I regret, and I ask you to forgive me right now and wash away my sins with the blood of Jesus, the only agent that will eradicate my sins from my record. And I ask you to be my Father God. I ask you to fill me full of the Holy Spirit. I ask you to give me the book of life and teach me how to live and make sure that I'm with you forever in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. It's not hard, is it? It just takes a minute. You know, the Lord expects us to crucify our flesh. And, and you know, even as a doctor, God might say, you know, I, I, I like your practice, but I want you to make sure that these patients all know how to say that sinner's prayer and make sure they're ready to go. And, and make sure they're, 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 they're okay with me. And then teach them how to live while they're here. You know, start a Bible study. Maybe God might have you start a, start a weekly Bible study in your, uh, hospital clinic or your, your private practice. He may send you on a mission trip, um, somewhere. But you know, there's so many mission trips you could do in America. The slums, the ghetto, the poor children, you know, uh, the homeless. There's just so many. You know, so, but you will get your assignment from God. And you may say, Oh God, I don't want to do that. And God's like, Okay, now we're going to go to crucifying your flesh. You know, your flesh rises up and it's, it always begins with I. You know, when God is talking to you and you say, Oh God, I see. And if I come up, then I need to die. Galatians 5.24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. They have crucified the eye, Christ says, I want you to do this. And you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You might say, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? I'm going to do it anyway. And he'll say, that's good, because I'm not going to change my mind for you, right? 
and you might put him off for three months. You didn't do what he wanted you to do. And so he comes back to you in three, or you go back to him in three months. You haven't talked to him for three months because you're afraid of what he'll say. And say, hi, Father, how are you doing? Say, oh, good. Say, you know, I was just wondering, is what what's my kingdom assignment? Well, I wanted you to do this. I haven't changed my mind, and I won't change my mind. If you come back to me in a year, if you come back to me in two years, if, you know, 25 years, it's going to still be the same thing. And so what's our option? Because God is solid, and, and you can't go against his will. You know, Jonah tried. He ended up in a fish, and then he ended up in hell. But uh, it's just not good. I've tried to go against God's will. I've actually tried to go against his will. And um, you just don't win. You don't win because he's God. He's God. He's supernatural. You know, I was running from God one time, and I was in a parking lot in a hotel. He was dealing with me, dealing with me, dealing with me about a certain sin in my life, and I just didn't want to listen. And I thought, I'll grab my keys, and away I go. And I ran out to the parking lot at this this hotel. My my Land Cruiser was gone. It was gone. It was gone. It had vanished. I went back into that room, and God said, "You're going to deal with this. I'm God, Anne." And I was floored at His power, and I He dealt with me and dealt with me and. I repented, and he says, you go to sleep tomorrow. You're, you're going where I tell you to. And I got up and got dressed and walked out to the parking lot where I had parked my land cruiser, and there it sat. God is God. God alone is God. But when that I comes up, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. God's killing that flesh. We have to kill the flesh or we have to crucify the flesh. That means kill the flesh. And if we don't do it, God will bring different situations into your life to like sandpaper, you know, and he will get rid of that flesh. It's just easy. It's easier to go with God and say, yes, Lord, than to get the sandpaper that never goes away, never goes away. You know, maybe you work at a place and somebody has a habit you don't like. And instead of you dealing with that and having temperance and patience with this person, you just fly off the handle and you quit every job because your boss is just a certain way. You just don't like that aroma of fragrance about that boss. And then you land another job. Say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And you're in your new job and that boss comes out. And it's the same kind of attitude the, the last boss had. And you fly off the handle. You're not going to put up with this. He's not going to tell me what to do. And so you quit again and you go off to another place. And oh my goodness, here comes another boss. And he's even worse than the first two. That's God's sandpaper. See, because you wouldn't crucify your flesh and submit yourself underneath your boss and serve your boss as we are to do, then God will help sand that off of you. God is gone. God alone is gone. And you know, the Lord, what does he desire when he looks at us? He desires all of us to become a new creature, transformed into his image, you know? I know a lot of uh, little girls, they have Barbie dolls, and they want to look like Barbie when they grow up, you know? Well, God wants us to be transformed into the image of Jesus. You mean the little girls are supposed to look like Jesus? No. God made little girls and God made little boys. 
But what I'm saying is that on our big board, you know, our idol, you know how kids have idols and they have stars they like and people run and they swoon all over them and stuff. Jesus needs to be the our everything. And we are transformed into his image. And he was the most submissive person on this planet, even to the point of death. And so, you know, Christ is looking for us to serve him and to to be transformed into his image uh, from glory to glory. You know, we are his masterpiece. And the Lord will give to each one of us what we deserve. You know, that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing on this journey. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 7, it says, Be not deceived. Don't be deluded. Don't be deluded. God is not mocked. God is not laughed at and scorned. For whatsoever a man or woman sows, does, that shall he or she reap. They will receive in return. For he that sows to his flesh, see the flesh is supposed to be killed, and we're supposed to live in the spirit, and our flesh be, be very small, and the spirit be very big, and we have to feed the spirit man the word of God, just as we feed the flesh good food and exercise and sunshine, right? We have to feed the spirit man, or the flesh will just rule, and the flesh is earthly, sensual, and devil, devilish according to God. Okay, and it has to be transformed. So, for he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's not a good thing. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So, we just need to to come to the grips that um, we need to be transformed into the image of Jesus. We need to look at truth, knowing that a life in Christ is not all happy, clappy, and jumpy Jerry. Okay? And, and you know, I love joy, I love faith, and I love praise and worship and everything else. But there's times in our life where we're doing the best just to endure what we're going through at the time. But whatever season we're in, we don't want to, to let go and to, to walk into the arms of the devil. And, you know, I believe the lower the person was humbled, the higher the ground of elevation that God will take them to. And we know that by Jesus himself in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, God, that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. God heard Jesus because he had the fear of God. He kept the fear of God. God, you're holy. You've written life. It will not change. Therefore, I obey you. <laughs> Jesus was wise. Amen. And Jesus has taught us to fear God. Fear him who, after he has killed the body, can throw your soul into hell. And I'm watching all these people on the news dying of coronavirus. And um, they just came out with a report last night that the numbers are going to be higher according to their model uh, diagram we just don't know what's going to happen, which way. But the thing is, is these people are gone. They're gone from the planet, which really needs to, to bring... We need to come to God and repent. We do. All of us need to come clean before God. It's the only answer during times like this. Amen?
And though he were a son, Jesus, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. See, when you do what's right in suffering, you know, you've learned obedience. You know, there's people, they'll do what's right, but boy, when suffering comes, it's another story. They turn on God, they attack God, they leave the life. That's a sign of immaturity and lack of intelligence. They don't know the existence of life, so they have just left life because of whatever situation, okay, and walked, took the Lucifer's hand and walked right into destruction because that's all the devil will ever give you is destruction. An elevation, when God lifts a person up, is for the profit of all mankind. Elevation is not a personal throne for any individual. This would be blasphemy, as all glory must go to God and God alone. The life must be maintained in the straight and narrow path, for that's the only road Jesus Christ accepts. He doesn't accept the wide road that leads to destruction. He only accepts the straight and narrow life, the life of the intelligent Christian. This is priority number one. The souls of mankind must be priority number two, for this is the heartbeat of Almighty God. God has stated his heart in 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. God wants all humanity to know truth, the word of God, Genesis to the end of Revelation. This is the one that created you, the earth that you live in, the stars that you see, the oceans that you swim in, okay, the colors you see. This is Almighty God, and He wants all humanity, all eight billion of us, to come to the Word of God and begin to read it, and do it, and keep it. Amen? This is what He wants. So let us begin to do that so that God can heal our lands. We need to stay in obedience, gratefulness, trust, holiness, righteousness, and joy. And we must not forget that God will reward us for our faithful service. No matter how many years it's been, or no matter how many trials it's been, or, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't want to take the self-pity record and put the needle on it and let her, let her rip once again today. Let's take that self-pity a record and snap it in half and throw it into the trash where it belongs and put the covenant of God before us and the, the promises of God. God is not a man that he should lie or the son of God that he should repent. Has he promised and will he not do it? God cannot lie. He cannot lie. You know how birds fly? Well, humans cannot fly. We don't, we don't have the proper tools. We weren't made to fly. We were made to walk, right? But God cannot lie. Just like we cannot fly like a bird, He cannot lie. It's just, He's unable to do that. He's perfect. And, and I love that. And so we just walk through life doing as, as He has, uh, stated. And so no matter what kind of calamities we've gone through and we've survived and, you know, we don't want to make a trophy out of all of our sorrows and all of our wars and everything else because that's not what I'm here today to discuss when I speak of truth. Because I could tell you all kind of things and this and that. I have written three very 
uh, clear books, uh, you know, on my life and my journey with Christ, Real God, Boots and Lipstick, and The Road Up. They're awesome books uh, of, you know, dealing with God, getting to know God, the supernatural activities, seeing heaven, seeing hell, being taught firsthand, you know, the different activities I've been through. But the, the good news about all that I have been through is that God always gives me victory uh, from event to event. He will never leave us or forsake us. So what should we magnify and glorify in our tribulations, in our trials? Should we exalt our sufferings or should we exalt the one that has put us and got us through the sufferings, Almighty God, Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost and the angels that surround us? You know, I mean, I give God glory for what I have come through. You should, instead of exalting your trials, exalt the one that's seen you through them. Okay. And that will continue to see you through every single one of them until you reach glory. And so let us just thank God right now for all that he has seen us through and will continue to. But we know that as Christians, we're going to encounter different seasons uh, trials and storms and adversities and different functions on the earth. But the good thing about God is we can take his hand because he's our father and we can walk with him and never let go. Good night. Rialaron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialaron today at www.rialaron.org.